superpowers on the Super Power Up Podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers Podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana Berenday, and today I am here with Catherine Golub, and we're going to be talking about radical self-love and the entrepreneur journey. I'm really excited to have Catherine here with me. She's a former coach of mine. She's a dear friend. Um, Catherine coaches purpose-driven entrepreneurs and community leaders who want to make a bigger impact in the world, but who feel stuck not yet reaching their full potential. Through professional coaching, she helps them cultivate the confidence, clarity, and focus they need to make their big dreams a reality. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you, Tatiana. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. So um, I'm going to start off with our with our starter question, and I'm going to ask you, what are your superpowers? Well, this is a fun question, um, and I'm still sitting with it. I'm, I'm curious to discover how I'm going to answer it, actually. Uh, so one of my superpowers is helping my clients reclaim desire. And as I've worked with my clients, I've most of my clients come with me because come to work with me because they're not fully satisfied in their careers. So either they're thinking about um, changing careers, like they either want to fall back in love with the work that they do, or they want to find new work that they love, or they're entrepreneurs who are either starting out and have this kind of baby of a dream they want to bring out to the world, or they've been doing it for a longer time. Or I also work with community leaders who are really, really stressed out and have a lot of responsibility on their plates. And what I find is a common theme amongst a lot of my clients is that they, along the way, along their lives, they've um, kind of learned to ignore desire. And they've come to me wanting to get clear on Even before that, they need to learn how to identify what they want. So... And likewise, I feel like I have come to a place in my life where that connection with desire is just front and center. And when I talk about desire, I mean our callings, our intuition, our highest good. And I feel like I've, I've, it's amazing to live a life where that is front and center. Um, I think another superpower that I have is being a systems thinker mm-hmm. and seeing how all the different parts are connected and how the personal and the political intersect and inform one another. And so being able to see what my clients are talking to me about in the big picture of their lives while also holding the details and, and getting really specific about what, what actions are they going to take? What actions am I going to take in order to um, continue moving forward and learning in my own life? Um, And I think also um, transforming stories that identifying what's underneath this, what's the story I'm telling myself, and what's the story I want to be telling myself, what, what would serve me more in helping 
know, all these superpowers are things that I help clients with, but they're also what inform, they also inform the way that I live. Um, Absolutely. I don't, I don't think they're really a, something you can separate, at least not if no. you're what you do. Exactly. Mm. And, and I was also sharing with you before the call that another, what seems kind of unrelated superpower, I think, because it takes no effort whatsoever, but Ever since I was a teenager, I cannot go to a new place without somebody swearing that they've met me before. Um, I feel like I people tell me all the time, you look so familiar. And I do know a lot of people, but I people tell me that way more than I could possibly, they could have possibly seen me. So being able to really put people at ease right away. I used to direct a field canvas for a couple of years and loved knocking on doors and meeting strangers. And I laugh that I think I have a thousand doppelgangers somewhere that I've just never met. So that feels like one of those superpowers that I not had to invest any energy in developing. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that's a, that's a super fun one. Um, it is. <laughs> so you, you said something um, when you were sharing about one of your superpowers and said something about helping your clients I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember the exact words because okay. it just it came in and out. And I was, I was, I was curious to go deeper with it though about um, sort of defining the the difference or or the the sameness between the personal and the political. And I would just love to hear you say a little bit more about that. Hmm. Yeah. So, thinking of an example. Well, if we take this piece around desire. I think that especially women, but I work with men and women, but especially women have been taught from a young age not to honor what we want. Mm -hmm. And that's systemic. That's not just one individual with one parent somewhere. I often wish that my clients could be a fly on each on the wall in each other's sessions that would you know that would not honor confidentiality we couldn't do that but the, the that they would be able to see the themes that come up over and over and over with mm -hmm. clients and that piece is um is endemic and i think it is political i think it has to do with power dynamics and um just a just like perfectionism does. I think that um, I, I don't have a very, I don't, I honestly don't feel like I have a very uh, well-developed analysis about this, but I've heard, I do a lot of anti-racist organizing and organizing and immigrant solidarity work. And I often hear people talk about perfectionism as a symptom of white supremacy. And that it's this thing that I think holds a lot of us, a lot of my clients back as well is um, feeling like everything has to be perfect in order to, um, in order to get it out there. And so not, and, and so understanding that, yes, it's very personal. These things are affecting our moment by moment existence, but also these are cultural systemic problems that, um, that are showing up on a much larger scale. How does that land 
Yeah, well, it's so interesting that whole like perfectionism as a as a symptom of white supremacy. I've never I've never made that connection before, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to sit with that one because sometimes I think it's the place that I go with this. Sometimes um, is like I wanna I wanna see I wanna have awareness around all those pieces, and I don't want to fall into uh, like blaming everything yeah. in white supremacy place, you know. So yeah. Totally. Like, wow, that's that's one that I'm really gonna I'm gonna like sit with in myself and and turn that over a few times because I know perfectionism is a huge piece and I've seen it in myself I've seen it in in a lot of women that I've worked with as well and and just you know friends and and colleagues of mine it's kind of a I think especially nowadays with the the imagery that we're fed constantly through social media you know there's like this really clean like perfect way that we're being encouraged to be and it can it can be really daunting and overwhelming at times mm-hmm. um and yet that is a symptom of white supremacy. i'm gonna have to sit with that one yeah it's something that i'm sitting with too and uh-huh. um it's not yeah it's intra it's it's interesting to think about this in terms of the entrepreneurial journey, because this is, this conversation is not one that I would typically have with a client. <laughs> like uh-huh. I see perfectionism, come, perfectionism coming up over and over and over again. And it's a, it's a question that I've been sitting with too, because I've been hearing people say that. So it's just something I'm, I'm mulling over and in holding the political and the personal, I don't, I don't feel like we really delve into talking about, political organizing that much in my sessions with my clients sure, but it's right definitely you know different parts of myself that I that I hold yeah and I, you know, I I pulled that one out yeah. just because it's a fascinating topic for me right yeah. now you know I'm looking at everything as sort of a, a, a macro of the micro and vice versa and so I'm I'm it's just a, it's a topic I'm exploring really deeply. Um, so we're, we need to take a quick break here. And, and when we get back, we're going to go do the high vibe deep dive more into this topic of radical self-love and the entrepreneur journey. But before we go to break, Catherine, can you tell people where they can find out more about you? Sure. My website is corebrilliancecademy.com. And people can go there and learn more about coaching with me. And also I offer a free discovery session for folks and there's an application there if people are interested to apply for that session awesome so that's katherine golub at corebrilliancecademy.com and we've been talking about radical self-love in the entrepreneur journey and we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back and just one thing it's is my email is katherine just katherine at corebrilliancecademy.com and corebrilliancecademy.com is the website perfect perfect thanks All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of 
of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, and we're back. Um, so, Catherine, I'd love to dive into, you know, we, we started talking about perfectionism and and the topic that we that we chose to sit with today was this radical self-love. And I would love to hear your take on how how you bring radical self-love to someone who's coming to you with this perfectionist piece and, and what's sort of the dynamic interplay between the two of those. Hmm. Yeah, so there's like what the work is and then how we do it together. So let's talk about what the work is first. So most of my clients, not all of them, but most of my clients when they first come to me are struggling with some form of imposter syndrome or belief that what they have isn't really worthwhile or inadequacy, self-judgment. <clears throat> and it, that can get in the way of creating a business in a really, really big way because it's like this extra weight that people are carrying around. There's this really great metaphor that's coming to me right now. Um, Peter Senge, who's a pretty well-known management consultant and theorist from MIT, he calls it the recreative tension model. So you can imagine holding a rubber band between two fingers. And one, one finger is the current reality, <clears throat> and the other finger is your vision and where you want to go. And there you can feel that tension. As you stretch that rubber band, you feel that tension. Now imagine that you have a second rubber band, and you hook that rubber band onto the finger that represents your current reality and onto a third finger. So there's tension there too. And that third finger represents you know, feelings related to unworthiness or powerlessness. And so while you're, you know, you're working to move towards your vision, if that weight behind you, of those, that rubber band behind you of powerlessness and worthiness is really strong, it'll be like this, this weight that you're holding and carrying with you as you move towards your vision. And it'll really, really make things challenging. So even though I work with my clients on you know, the more strategic pieces of messaging or enrollment or online marketing and how, like the hows of the business, while we're also doing that, we're working to identify, bring awareness to, and then let go of those feelings of um, powerlessness and unworthiness and inadequacy. So I'll, I'll pause there. I'm curious how that, how that lands. Yeah. I, um, I'd love to hear more about what that process is as you're, mm. as you're, you know, helping somebody in overcoming these feelings of, of unworthiness and inadequacy. You know, if there's somebody listening today, who's, who's hearing some of what you're saying and they're like, Oh my God. Yeah, that's totally, I have that too. Cause I think, you know, mm -hmm. probably all of us go through that at some point. Um, you know, what would you say to someone who's listening to this right now and is, is, is having some of those feelings come up and is, is not quite sure 
how to work through some of them? Like what, are there some simple tips that you can give? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you think of self-love as a habit, like a habit of the mind that you're working to develop, there's the key to habit change is self-awareness. And you can break that in, down into awareness of old habits and awareness of new habits. So if the old habit is self-judgment, then the practice there is about, I call it the never waste a good trigger process. So uh, when you get a trigger, like when you have one of those like a shame attack or just you find yourself saying, oh, that's so stupid. Or, um, you know, you're, you're at a networking event and you're like, oh my God, I wish I was like them. Or, you know, that shame or inadequacy or guilt or embarrassment, whatever you call that, when that comes up, taking time, it, it may be in the moment or it may be afterwards, but taking time first to feel the emotion in your body because habits are somatic, they're in the body. And so the first step has to be with compassion, feeling what you feel in the body. And then the second step is shining light on the voice of what I call the inner judge and knowing that the judge is faulty programming. You are not, no human being is born with an inner judge. We acquire that. It's like the, we, we suck in all those different tapes that we get, the stories that we get about what it means um, to gain belonging or approval. We suck that in as children and it, kind of like faulty programming in our minds it becomes a judge but you are not the judge the judge is not who we are and so with some distance as the, that same compassion that we hold the emotion with with compassionate distance looking at okay what's the judge saying and this is where writing can be incredibly helpful um, because that creates even more distance so I encourage my right my, my clients and this is what I do if I get triggered um, to write down what the judge is saying, what the inner voices are saying. Um, and then to ask yourself and to have some distance from that, okay, what is a story that would serve me more? Like, um, I know a lot of people find value in Byron Katie's work called the work. And she asks the question, is that story true? And while there's, I've really benefited from her work um, I worked with another teacher named Louis Melmadrona, who's an indigenous um, psychiatrist, who says, you know, whether or not the story is true is kind of irrelevant because clearly part of yourself believes it to be true. But what a more helpful story question can be is what story would serve me better? And so after you take time to sit with the emotion and shine light on the story, then asking the question, what, ser what story would serve me better? And then on the other hand, so if you go back to habits, the key to habit is self help habit change is self-awareness, shining light, you know, being aware of the old habit and then also being aware of the new habit. So I really love Rick Hansen's work. He wrote a book called Hardwiring Happiness. And he writes that, you know, it's really important to let go of old stories, but it's also important to take in the good. He calls it taking in the good. And so what that means is if, say, you name this new habit as radical self-love, like as you're trying to build a habit of self-love, well, then take in the good. So any moment in which you feel a glimmer of that, 
take five to 15 seconds to feel that in your body and let that sink in. Likewise, you can, you know, imagine a moment where you'd feel self-love or remember a moment or appreciate somebody else doing that and the brain will respond to it the same. And so in his book, he doesn't even really write about um, like gratitude journals. He just talks about taking, you know, five to 15 seconds, so a few times a day of feeling that in your body. And like I said, habits are somatic. They're in the body. So the more that you do that, the more you'll reprogram your brain. And it may seem like, Really, it is deceptively simple. It's very, very simple. But that's been one of those steps, just taking in the good that never ceases to astound me of that tiny, tiny bit, how that um, has transformed my life and how I continue to see it transforming my clients. Yeah, totally. I I agree 100%. I, I call it retraining our vibration. Um, I found that to be, you know, like you said, it's a somatic experience. And I also find it to be a vibrational experience, um, of, you know, just sort of rebuilding different, different pathways and, and retraining the vibration to respond and to, um, to land and to sit in a different space because Mm -hmm. like attracts like, and so you know, they say nature abhors a vacuum. So if we're, if we're, you know, releasing these old habit patterns, but we're not replacing them with something different vibrationally, we're going to draw in something that's very similar to what was there before. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really resonating with what you're saying there. It's really beautiful. Thank you for that. I'm, you know, I think that someone listening in could find a lot of value with what you just shared there. That's a lot of gold you just gave us. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And it is, like you said, reorienting, like mm-hmm. it is literally like shifting the cells of your body to move in a different direction. It's like if, uh, if you put your hands, like right now, we both just put our hands and listeners put their hands like, like blind, like next to their eyes, you know, and with their, with their hands on their face right next to their, our eyes see what we can see in that space that's between our hands and then just turn, you know, a centimeter to the right or the left and then notice what we see. Just that slight movement can like, wow, the view is totally different over here. And so just reorienting to a new perspective doesn't have to be hard. It can be actually really, really easy and fun. Yeah. And that is, that totally is radical self-love. I mean, I think that's the foundation for, we can have all these concepts of what that looks like, but taking care of these, like the moment to moment experience, I think that, Mm -hmm. that that really is, that's it, you know? Yeah. And the concepts, I mean, there's so many people out there talking about self-care and the key thing is that it's not someone else's concept. It's like, oh, okay, so what do you want right now? In this moment, what do you want? And in this moment, what do you want? And, and really being truthful about that and um, reclaiming that and honoring it, even if we can't get what we want right now, but honoring, honoring that instead of thinking, oh, what's somebody else's definition of self-love? Yes, yeah. Making that distinction is so hugely important. Mm-hmm. Oh, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been wonderful. I loved talking with you. Um, 
Again, you can find out more about Catherine Golub if you go to corebrilliantsacademy.com and you can sign up for a free strategy session with her there. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more fully. Many blessings. Thank you. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.